All right, guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Genesis. Now, the last time we were here in chapter 42, we knew that there was a famine going on. And in this famine in Egypt, remember, according to Pharaoh's dream that Joseph had interpreted, there would be seven years of plenty and seven years of severe famine. And the famine would be so severe that the seven years of plenty would be swallowed up or forgotten about in the famine because of the severity of the famine. So not only did this famine strike the land of Egypt, but it also struck the land of Canaan where Joseph's family was, that is Jacob, who we know is also called Israel. And so as the famine struck in the land of Canaan, Jacob told his sons that he had heard that there was grain down in Egypt. And so therefore go down to Egypt and buy grain there. So he sent 10 of his sons there. He kept Benjamin at home because he was kind of fearful of what would happen to Benjamin if he should send Benjamin along with them. Apparently he did not trust the story that the brothers gave the first time that is when Joseph himself came up missing and the brothers sent his clothing back. But anyway, we're not going to get in all of that, but nevertheless, so he sent 10 of his sons down to Egypt to buy grain and the sons went down into Egypt to buy grain. And so they didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized them and speaking through an interpreter, Joseph conducted the business with them. That is the buying and selling of grain with them. But now we also know that this was the introduction of three, or should I say it this way, of the first of Joseph's three tests to his brothers. And so as his brothers stood before him, speaking to Joseph, not recognizing Joseph, Joseph speaking to him, speaking to them through an interpreter, Joseph accused them of being spies. And so the men made the statement. This is a statement that is very important as we work through these three tests of Joseph. The men made the statement to Joseph. We are honest men. And that's important for us to see right now. We are honest men. That is the idea. Uh, uh, according to the text, speaking spiritually, the overtone of the text we are changed men. That's the overtone that's being implied in the text. Changed in what respect? Remember, these are the brothers who were very envious of Joseph. They hated him. They called him the dreamer. And these are the very brothers who were intent on killing Joseph. And later, Judah, Judah, who determined to sell Joseph as a slave. And now they come to Joseph 20 years later, over 20 years, no doubt, saying we are changed men. So this statement is quite pivotal in the test that Joseph would give to his brother. But nevertheless, so Joseph put uh, putting these his brothers to the test, determined to keep. He said, I tell you what, he, he, he inquired about their family. He inquired about their father, the old man. We'll see that again in chapter 43. And he also inquired about their family and the brothers told them about their family and that they had a younger brother dear to their father who was left at home as well as the death 
of another brother, but they didn't realize the so-called death of the other brother, Joseph, they were actually speaking to Joseph. Remember, he was speaking to them through an interpreter and they did not recognize him. But nevertheless, so in Joseph's accusation uh, of them as spies, he put them to the test. Joseph knew, but this is the so-called test that he was putting them through. He kept their brother Simon in prison until they should bring back their other brother, who is Benjamin, Joseph's biological brother. They had the same mother and the same father, okay, in common. So un until they bring back Benjamin, Simon would be held in prison in, a, in sort of a keepsake to guarantee that the brothers were not lying. So Joseph sent them back home with uh, uh, provisions for themselves along the way, as well as provisions for their family. It was an indication of how much that Joseph, of course, he cared for his family. So he sent them back as well as he put the money. He had all of their money put back in their sacks. So to make a long story short in all of that, by the time they got home, they told their father, Jacob, also known as Israel, all the events that befell them, including how Simon was kept imprisoned by the ruler of Egypt, that is Joseph, until they should bring back Benjamin. And so Jacob began to grieve, believing that not only had he, has he lost Joseph, his uh, his first son that remember that Joseph, remember the tale that they told their father, how that Joseph was killed by some animal. So he believed in not only had he lost Joseph, but he also resigned himself to believing now he has also lost Simon. And so the idea is, as the famine is severe in the land, the point is now, remember, we cannot go back. We have to go back to this man. If we're going to get Simon back, we have to bring Benjamin back as proof that we are not spies. And so Jacob was adamant. He would not let them take Benjamin back. And so Reuben came with this crazy thing to Joseph, vowing that if he didn't bring Benjamin back, that uh, Jacob could kill his two sons. That's absolutely ridiculous. But nevertheless, uh, Reuben trying to act in some semblance as the firstborn. But jo but Jacob had already lost all trust in Reuben because remember, it was Reuben who slept with Jacob's concubine, Jacob's wife. But nevertheless, Jacob refused Reuben's vow. And so they remained in the land. And so then all of a sudden the men look back in their sacks. So unloading all of their provisions, the brothers, while they were unloading all their provisions, they found out they discovered all of their money was returned. And so they began to think that this was some kind of divine judgment of God against them. And what's in the back of their mind is it's the divine judgment of God against us for what we did to our brother Joseph. Now, uh, uh, what do you say? The rooster has come home to roost. And this is what they're thinking now. Judgment has come to them. Okay. So now we get ready to go back into chapter, go into chapter 43 as we, as we deal with the issue of the family. Remember what's hanging over the brother's head. The father, Jacob does not want to send Benjamin back to Joseph 
but the famine is so severe, it's beginning to press upon the family itself. The whole tribe is being pressed into starvation. You got to bring Benjamin back because we need to buy food. And that is the atmosphere of what's going on in chapter number 43. Okay. So now with all of that being said, let's go to chapter 43. Now the famine was severe in the land. So it came about when they had finished eating the grain, which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, go back, buy us a little food. Judah spoke to him, however, saying, the man solemnly warned us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy, buy you food. But if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you will not see my face unless your brother is with you. Then Israel said, why did you treat me so badly by telling the man whether you still had another brother? But they said the man questioned particularly about us and our relatives saying, is your father still alive? Have you another brother? So we answered his questions. Could we possibly know that he would say, bring your brother down? Judah said to his father, Israel, send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die as we, as well as you and our little ones. I myself will sure will be surety for him. You may hold me responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame before you forever. For if we had not delayed, surely by now we could have returned twice. Then their father Israel said to them, if it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best products of the land in your bags and carry down to the man as a present a little balm, a little honey, aromatic gum and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almond. Take double the money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and arise, return to the man and may God almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man so that he will release to you your brother and Benjamin. As for me, I am, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So the men took this present and they took double the money in their hand and Benjamin. Then they arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. Okay. So now what's going on? As we said to you earlier, the famine is pressing. Remember Joseph said that the seven years of famine would be so depressing that the seven years of extreme abundance will be eaten up, will be completely forgotten. And it also told us that what, that this famine had reached all the way down into Canaan. All right. So now, the provisions that the brothers had brought back earlier, clearly the famine had now eaten up the brothers themselves. And when we say the brothers, we're talking about Jacob and all of the tribes, all of the brothers, their wives and their children. They have eaten up all of these provisions. 
And we see that Jacob as the head of the family, making the decisions for the family. But nevertheless, these provisions have been eaten up for the most part quite some time. So they tried to stretch it out as long as possible so that they would not have to go down or should I say go back to the land of Egypt. Why? In the back of their mind, in the back of Jacob's mind was if they went back, they had to take Benjamin back along with them. And Jacob was not willing to allow Benjamin to go back so that he would have, he would suffer the loss of Joseph, Simon and Benjamin as well. But nevertheless, they are reduced to be, to being desperate. But the point that you need to see is this, this desperation is the sovereign hand of God. Remember what we've been telling you all along. And so that you won't forget God is working sovereignly in the scenes to drive Jacob and the tribes to drive them into the land of Goshen where they can be separate from the Canaanites, separate from their idolatry and not have to worry about the risk of intermarrying with the Canaanites as well as being infused in their idolatry because of this intermarriage and their divine purpose of God to be a light unto the Gentiles. So we say this over and over and over, but the point is, God's hand is sovereignly in the picture and he is applying force and pressure to drive, to drive the Israelites into the land of Egypt, which we know they will end up being in the land of Goshen. Why? Because the Egyptians will not allow intermarriage and intermingling with these Hebrews because the Egyptians see the Hebrews as being an abomination. And we'll see evidence of this even later in this chapter. But the point is God is sovereign, sovereignly involved driving them. So now let's get back to the commentary. And so Judah steps forward and reminds them. And what does Judah remind, remind Jacob, the man, and we see Jacob here being referred to as Israel. And there is a reason for this because in the mind of the scripture, what is being developed is this is the seminal form of the nation. That is Jacob, whose name is Israel. Remember his name was changed, but the reference here is being made to imply this is the seminal, the basis of the seed of the nation that is getting ready to be transported into Egypt. The seed that will grow into a great multitude of people over about 400 years. But nevertheless, so when Jacob, that is Israel, tells them to go down into the land, Judah reminds them, and it is interesting that it is Judah who makes this reminder because it was this same Judah whose bright idea it was to sell Joseph as a slave to these Ishmaelite traders. <laughs> Nevertheless, Judah said, the man solemnly said to us that if you do not bring your younger brother, you will not see my face. And that is, you cannot uh, sell and trade in the land. You cannot buy grain. And so therefore it is ridiculous for us to try to go back, go back there because the man adamantly 
will not see us. And then Jacob begins to mourn in a sense. And he says, why did you boys? And we know they're all men. But why did you boys do this to me in letting him know that you had another brother? And so they began to say Judah again, along with the other brothers, they're speaking to their father. How were we supposed to know that the man would ask for our younger brother? He intently asked about, he inquired about our family. He inquired about our father. He inquired about if we had another brother. What they didn't realize was simply Joseph's inquiry was about, it was his concern for his father and his other brother. Did the other, remember that, the point. We are changed men. We are changed men. How are you treating my brother, that's from Joseph's perspective, my younger brother, Benjamin, are you jealous of him like you were jealous of me? Are you mistreating him like you mistreated me? So all of these were Joseph's questions. And so the brothers are saying we had no idea he would ask all of these questions. So we just honestly answered his questions. And now all of a sudden he begins to tell us we for proof that we are not spies. We need to bring our younger brother, Benjamin, back to him as proof of this. We did not know. And so Judah simply says, unless father, you are willing to send Benjamin back with us. Judas make takes a stand and says, we will not go back. But then Judah himself, he submits himself as surety to his father. And he simply says, I tell you what, I will be surety for Benjamin that if I don't bring Benjamin back to you, not only just Benjamin, but also Simon too. That's the idea. Hold me responsible for the rest of my days. Now notice again too, that Judah did not make some silly rash vow like Reuben made. Remember the vow that Reuben made? You can kill my two sons. Judah didn't do such a thing, but Judah just simply said, hold me responsible if I don't bring him back and I will bear the guilt all of my days. And so because the, the, the famine is so rough on the, on all of them, Jacob unwillingly, he relented and said, fine, take Benjamin, but I tell you what you do. So Jacob came up with Israel kind of not so much as a scheme, but Jacob wanted to appease the man that is appease Joseph, appease this ruler of Egypt. And so he told him to take some of the very best of the land, take all of these different spices and bomb and all of this. And not only that, take triple the money. That is take the money that was found in your sack when you guys came back and take double the money and buy grain. So the whole point is he wants to take all of these wonderful presents and triple the money back to Joseph so that Joseph would not be angry with them, that Joseph would be more inviting to them and that he would send release Simon, but especially send Benjamin back. So this was the plan and Jacob sent them on their way along with Benjamin this time. And so now all of jo Jacob's son, all 11 of them and inclusive of Joseph, it will be 12 of them down into Egypt. But he sent them back to Egypt 
to buy grain from Joseph. So now the brothers are now in Egypt before Joseph to buy grain with Benjamin. Let's see what happens next. Verse 16. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his house steward, bring the men into the house and slay an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon. So the man did as Joseph said and brought the men to Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house and they said, it is because the money that was returned in our sacks, the first time that we are being brought in, that he may seek occasions against us and fall upon us and take us for slaves with our donkeys. So they came near to Joseph's house steward and spoke to him at the entrance of the house and said, Oh my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. And it came about when we came to the lodging place that we opened our sacks and behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full. So we have brought it back in our hand. We have also brought down other money in our hand to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He said, be at ease. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simon out to them. The man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water and they washed their feet and he gave their donkeys fodder. So let me stop right there. Let me, let me stop right there. So what happened? So now they're at Joseph's house. Joseph recognizes Benjamin, his brother, after 20 years. And of course, you can imagine that this recognition may have not been altogether clear to Joseph at first, but he does recognize his brother. And so when he sees that, he tells his house steward. Now, remember the whole mantra of thing. Joseph is speaking Egyptian through an interpreter and the interpreter is interpreting Egyptian to Hebrew and the interpreter is speaking to his brothers. So Joseph tells his house steward. And so you can see, and of course you can imagine Joseph is very, as powerful as Joseph is, his wealth goes along with his power. So he tells his steward, the, the, the head of his house to prepare dinner that his brothers will now eat with him at his house that day. And so when Joseph, uh, when the steward informs the brothers that they are going to eat with Joseph at his house, they become very afraid, you know, wondering like, okay, first time we just simply did business at wherever the place, the official place in which they did business with Joseph, which Joseph did the selling of the grain. But now we're going to go to his personal house. So they're really afraid and they're beginning to think that, oh my God, What's going on is this. He realized that the money was, he didn't get paid the last time for the grain and we got all of this grain. And so he's bringing us to his house so that he can bring us into a place where he can have his servants, of course, to fall upon us, make us slaves, confiscate everything that we have, the donkeys and all of their provisions 
confiscate everything that we have and bring us into slavery because of the money that was found in our sack. So the brothers are afraid. And so what they do is immediately they begin to talk to Joseph's household servant who is responsible for bringing them into Joseph's home and to dine with him. And so they explain the events to the household servant that, you know, we did everything that we were supposed to do. And when we were coming on our way back from the last time that we left Egypt to buy grain, we discovered all of this money in our sacks. We thought we had paid for this thing, but to show you that we are men of good faith. Remember the whole idea? We are honest men. But to show you that we are men of good faith, we brought the money back with us. And so as they were explaining, you can imagine the fear in their voices as they're explaining this to Joseph's household steward. He tries to calm them down. He says, it's okay. It's okay. Be of good peace. Your God has returned your money back to you. Now that's very interesting. Your God and the God of your fathers. What's interesting about that is how does this Egyptian know about the God of the Hebrews unless Joseph has been sharing the idea or sharing who is the God of the Hebrews with this Egyptian. Okay. And, and no doubt, and I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it, but no doubt this will be this idea of the God of the Hebrews is going to play a very critical role during the 400 years of the servitude of the, of the Hebrews to the Egyptians, as well as when we begin to see the mighty acts that Moses will perform the God of the Hebrews. Okay. But anyway, I'm way ahead of myself, but so he says, your God has given you favor. And so he calms them down, brings them into the house and he treats them with kindness because what do we see? Washes their feet and gives provisions and care to their animals. So he calms them down and prepares them to dine with Joseph. Okay. So now let's continue. So where did we stop? Uh, verse number 25. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. When Joseph came home, they brought into, brought into the house to him the present which was in their hand and bowed to the ground before him. Then he asked them about their welfare. And he said, is your old father well of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. They bowed down in homage. As he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, May God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out, for he was deeply stirred over his brother, and he sought a place to weep and he entered his chamber and he wept there. Then he washed his face and came out and he controlled himself, served the meal. So they served him by himself and them by themselves 
and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Now they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in astonishment. So he took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Okay. So now let's get to the meal. So as the meal was getting ready to be prepared, the brothers were preparing. Remember they wanted to appease Joseph, this ruler of Egypt. All right. They wanted to appease Joseph. Simon has been brought out to them. So Simon is going to have a part of the meal already, but they want to make Joseph happy so that they're going to, so he will give them grain and release Simon and make sure he sends Benjamin back home to their father, Jacob, who is called Israel. So they prepare the present that their father talked about. Remember all the bombs and the spices and remember triple payment. Remember all of that. So this has been prepared. They sit at the table with Joseph. And as they come, Joseph began to inquire once again about their father who is at home, the old man. He asks, is he still alive? You know, the famine is quite severe. Remember the famine is bad. Things are bad. Jacob Israel is an old man. Is he still alive? Joseph asks about his father and notice they said your servant. That's how they referred to Joseph's father to him. Your servant, our father is still alive. And notice again, what you see the brothers doing all 11 of them this time doing, they bowed down to Joseph twice. And now Joseph's dream has been fulfilled. Remember the first dream is fulfilled that he had a dream that Joseph sheaf sheaf Joseph being represented by his sheaf stood in the midst and his other 11 brothers represented by 11 sheaves all bowed down to Joseph's sheaf. Now we see the fulfillment of that. Joseph's brothers are all bowing down to Joseph now in homage. This very thing, remember when they called Joseph the dreamer, it was a nasty nickname. And they envied Joseph about this. And they began to say unto Joseph, will you rule over, have dominion over us? And now the answer comes back. Indeed, Joseph is ruling over you and notice their voluntary submission to Joseph's authority because of the desperation. God has a way of bringing about all of his desires to fruition, but I'm not going to get into preaching about that. So he continues to ask as he looks at Benjamin now. Is this your younger brother? He recognizes him, but he acts about them anyway, as if he did not know. And so they said, yes, this is our younger brother, Benjamin. And so Joseph was flooded with emotions at the moment of seeing the brother of his mother, Rachel. And the emotions flooded Joseph so much that he couldn't control himself. He had to leave the room. 
Because if he started crying, the game would be over with. They'd be wondering, why is he crying when he sees this, my brother? So he leaves the room. He goes into a private chamber where he can just simply let it all out. So once he lets it all out, he comes back. He controls himself. He's not crying anymore. He comes in now the Egyptian ruler and he says, all right, feed everybody. Let the dinner start. And so they begin to set the food in front of everyone. Okay. And as they prepare to sit the food, now notice, let me make a certain uh, a notation of these things. Joseph, because he is the ruler. He is the greatest one. Remember Joseph's exalted position in the land of Egypt. He eats alone at his own separate table. Okay. The brothers eat at their separate table, even though they are Hebrews with Joseph and the Egyptians know that Joseph is Hebrew. The Egyptians know that these are Hebrew. They don't know uh, that Joseph's brother. It doesn't seem that the, it doesn't seem to say that they know that this is Joseph's brothers. But even though they are Hebrews too, they are not. They can't eat with the second ruler of Egypt. So they themselves sit apart from Joseph at a separate table. But also notice too that the Egyptians themselves, the servant who are the servants of Joseph. Okay, they're Joseph's servants eat at a separate table from Joseph. And why do they do that? Because they consider eating with the Hebrews an abomination. And that's why they say a loathsome thing. So therefore, the Egyptians cannot eat with either Joseph's brothers or they can neither can they eat with Joseph because Joseph and the Hebrews, the Egyptians know Joseph is Hebrew. So they, they can't eat with Joseph either. Why am I bringing this point out? And why is the scripture bringing this point out again? Remember the whole idea. God is so magnificent in what he does because of this loathsomeness with the Egyptians. God is going to bring the Jews into the land of Egypt, but the Egyptians, remember the Egyptians themselves are idolaters. Okay. But remember the issue with the Canaanites, the constant threat of intermarrying with the Canaanites and having, and uh, having because of intermarriage, the idolatry that would go along with this intermarrying. Okay. But notice how with the Egyptians, there will not be any intermarriage with the Egyptians. Why? They consider just fooling with these Hebrews an abomination. That's an absolute no, no. They're not going to eat with them. They're not going to even, you know, they're not going to marry them. If they're not going to eat with them, they want to be separate from these Hebrews. That's why they're going to get sent into the land of Goshen. Can't you see what God is doing here? He knows that the Egyptians feel this way. And so therefore he doesn't have to worry about the risk of intermarriage and idolatry and all of these things coming from the Egyptians. So this is why we see this particular thing. Okay. All right. So back to the commentary of the text. So Joseph, uh, he brings them in, sets them there. He does a peculiar thing and this catches the attentions of the brothers. When they sit at the table, they are set in a certain order. 
from the eldest son, Reuben, all the way to the younger son, youngest, Benjamin's son. They are set in order of their births. And so the brothers began to go to one and like, mm, how did they know the order in which we were born? So this is, is getting their attention here. Okay. So, but not only that. Now, the final point. Remember what I was telling you guys about the three tests of Joseph. This brings us to Joseph's second test. Remember what the brother said. And here's the point again, the test. We are honest men. And this is what they told Joseph the first time. Remember that? And Joseph held their brother Simon in prison. He's now released. But the point is, we are honest men. Test number two. Here is remember Benjamin. Benjamin is Joseph's brother. Uh, same mother, Rachel. When Benjamin, so they gave all of the food. They gave them their food. Of course, it would be nice meal. But when they gave time for Benjamin's plate, Joseph had Joseph had them give Benjamin five times as much. So when they when the brother, so in the recognition in the sight of the brother, they're saying, "Hmm, Benjamin is giving a whole lot more than we are getting." Why is he treating Benjamin so special? You got it. As Benjamin has all of this. Can you imagine? Just imagine this. The brothers are already served well. You can imagine Benjamin five times as much. So it's, 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 it's a huge thing that's being set in front of Benjamin. So now you got all of the brothers looking at Benjamin and then you got Joseph seated away from them who is able to look at What's going on at the tables of the brothers? He's able to observe it. And he's sitting there watching just how the other brothers will respond to what just happened to Benjamin. Are you indeed jealous men? Are you jealous of my brother Benjamin like you were jealous of me? Are you envious? Is there hatred for him? I'm going to put you guys to the test. Test number two to see indeed if you are changed men. And when he set, when the servants of Joseph set the meal so much before Benjamin, the brothers ate with joy. They ate with Benjamin before Joseph with joy. They passed test number two. All right, guys, thanks for joining me in that teaching. Join me next time in chapter 44 when we get ready to deal with the final test of Joseph with his brothers as God continues engineering to bring Jacob and his tribal family into the land of Egypt. Catch you next time.